Welcome to Betrayal Trauma SOS. I'm your host, Jenny Brockbank, and this week we are talking about a near and dear subject to me, the concept of being sacred and why that matters. I'll offer tangible suggestions to experiment with in regards to cultivating worth. I love knowing that I am sacred, and so are you. Before I begin, I need to let you know that this isn't therapy and I'm not a therapist. I highly recommend consulting a therapist for your situation, and I don't consider myself an expert on anyone's life. Oftentimes, not even my own. I want to start by saying thank you to all those who have reached out to me in um, gratitude or with sharing your stories. It's always an honor to hear that I'm not alone and to know that we are in this community of healing. And I love knowing that some of the things that I have shared also have been helpful. So thank you for letting me know. Also, due to the nature of what we're dealing with, betrayal trauma, and the secrecy that often accompanies it, it's hard for a lot of people to leave reviews or stars, and then it makes it harder for me to be seen and help more people. And so what I'm asking is, do you have a friend who might need this message? Or do you have um, maybe a church leader? I've got a, a podcast out for church leaders that can help others heal. So if you have some other ideas of ways that you could share this message so others could receive healing, I would appreciate it. And I know others would appreciate it as well. I share things that I desperately needed to hear. So I know that others desperately need to hear them also. Hey friends, welcome. While this program is geared towards those struggling with betrayal trauma, most everything that I will share in this episode can be applied universally. So everyone in all walks of life are certainly welcome, and I thank you for being here. I'm going to begin today by quoting just a little bit from Brene Brown from her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. Quote, the greatest challenge for most of us is believing that we are worthy now, right this minute. Worthiness doesn't have prerequisites. So many of us have knowingly created, unknowingly allowed, been handed down a long list of worthiness prerequisites. Close quote. In the case of betrayal trauma, this is certainly true. We give ourselves these checklists of, I'm not thin enough. When I am thin enough, I will be worthy. When I am smart enough, I will be worthy. When I feel this way, I will be worthy. When I heal, I will be worthy. When I can control this or that or whatever, I will be worthy. And the trick is coming to know right now in this minute, we are worthy. We are valuable. We are sacred. Why is it important to know that we are sacred? When I have awareness that I am sacred, I don't give discounts on how I am treated, not from myself and not from others. After all, does my Heavenly Father want His child, who is me, to be treated in harmful, humiliating, painful, degrading ways? No. Saying this brings tears because, in truth, I have allowed others to treat me in ways that is not in harmony with how God would want me to be treated. In a later episode, we will discuss boundaries. However, boundaries are better implemented when I know my worth. I could not implement them until I did. 
When I know my worth, it's easier to stand up and say no, or to leave a situation that's harmful, or to recognize that what I have is maybe a damaging relationship that would not be a happy one throughout all eternity and needs some repair right now. My message today is this. Bearer of divinity, heir with Christ, child of God, you are sacred. The name for today's podcast stems from page 77 of the book Beyond Breath by Soraya Bastian. I'll put a link to the book and any other sources that I use in this episode in the description for this episode. Here are a few statements from that page. Quote, The way you look, the way you serve, how much money you bring in doesn't change your divinity. You are already sacred. Like me, you may not understand this right now. That's okay. But let me ask you a question. I hope it pings around in your head from this time forward. Are you willing to be sacred? Are you willing to honor yourself? Close quote. Matthew 22, 37-39 says this, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Close quote. I'll turn this around a bit. Here's what I've learned about the second commandment, to love my neighbor as myself. My ability to love my neighbor is limited or enhanced by the love, compassion, and empathy that I have for myself. I have so much more compassion for my neighbor when I have more compassion for myself, and the same applies to being judgmental, offering kindness, being forgiving, and more. So today, we are working on loving ourselves. We are working on coming to know that we are sacred. This knowledge of divinity trickles down to all of those who we come in contact with and blesses everyone in our circle of influence. When we know that we are sacred, we know that others are sacred as well. Coming to know that we are sacred is a process and likely a lifelong pursuit. We are just practicing this principle and will likely get it wrong a lot. But when awareness wakens, we begin to find victories as well. Finding our worth sounds so beautiful, but it can really be elusive. Here's a few ideas to experiment with and to see if they are good fits for you. Some of these principles we will likely explore in deeper ways in future episodes. Number one, this idea stems from a principle that I learned from the book Beyond Breath by Soraya Bastian that I mentioned earlier, and it is to not apologize for our existence. One way to do this is to replace I'm sorry for thank you. Please don't misunderstand. When we genuinely mess up, we need to apologize. However, so often we are more or less apologizing for our existence. I'll give you an example. Have you ever said something along the lines of, I'm so sorry that I'm crying? I know that I have. People receive me much more warmly when I change this statement to something like, I am truly grateful that my tears are safe with you. Or, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to cry. Another example might be when it takes us a while to get back with someone. We might say, thank you for being so patient with me. Something else along these lines that Soraya talks about 
is to use the affirmation, quote, I have a right to be here, close quote. A few months ago, I attended a function that caused great distress. As I anticipated the responses from the people that would be in attendance, I found myself more and more concerned. It was so helpful to have been through prana yoga, where we use principles from this book, Beyond Breath, to learn that I have a right to be here. I repeated it to myself over and over, and as the day wore on, I had confidence in just sitting there and just being still and in my own skin in a place that was super uncomfortable for me. Do you struggle with certain places or events at times? You are normal. I invite you to try using the phrase with yourself, I have a right to be here, and see if it helps. When we know our worth, we apologize for mistakes, but not for our existence. We also belong to ourselves better and have greater confidence when we are in triggering places and circumstances. These are principles that I am still practicing, and it is harder to adjust my thinking on them than I realized. Number two, raise your hand if you've ever struggled with body image. My hand is raised very high. The God that I know does not want me to shame myself for imperfections, whether they be real or perceived. Never has shame been a good motivator for me to make a lasting change. Sure, a temporary one, but nothing that is permanent. I was once at an event where presenter Kim Duncan talked about an exercise that ignited a feeling of sheer panic in me. It was a while ago, so hopefully I get the details right. She would set a timer for three minutes every day, and during that time, she would say positive things to herself in the mirror. I particularly remember her talking about saying that she liked her belly because it allowed her to have children. As I looked at my oversized belly that day, I remember wondering if I could ever say such a thing to myself. And eventually I did. Not without some internal resistance, however, so I still have work to do. Obviously, I need to revisit this exercise. Learning to be comfortable in our own skin is so critical. It allows us to be in the presence of others without shame. When we are comfortable in our own skin, we can participate in conversations that are normally difficult. Uh, We can speak our truth knowing that what we have to offer is valuable because we are valuable. Number three. Discover who we are through creativity. When my family was in chaos, I did my very best to be the glue. In this process, I lost myself. I worked hard all the time and did everything for everyone else. I was exhausted all the time and short-tempered. I don't know if you can relate, but this is definitely where I was. There was never enough time in my day to accomplish what I needed and or wanted to do. I couldn't do it all. And? I still can't do it all. The thing is, though, when I started investing in myself, I came to love myself infinitely more. I came to see that I am more effective for myself and others when I fill my cup. I am worth the time, effort, and money, not just everyone else. It is not selfish to take care of me. It is a gift to all in my circle of influence. In her book, Intimate Deception, Dr. Sherry Keffer says this, Quote, when it comes to healing post-traumatic stress, self-care is not an indulgence. 
It's a necessity. Our bodies, brains, and minds need help to calm down. They literally can't do it on their own. Close quote. I'll tell you a little bit about my journey with discovering myself, and if it's helpful, perhaps it will ignite a spark regarding your interests. I don't suppose that we are the same, so my sharing is not for you to follow my exact path. I'm hoping that others can remember that they have beautiful gifts as well, even if they have not been discovered yet or have been buried for a long time. My first experiment with discovering myself again near the beginning of my recovery was to try a new skill. I decided to try using pastel chalks. I purchased some supplies, found a YouTube tutorial for a lovely beach sunset with a palm tree, and went to work. I liked the rough feeling of the chalk on the rough paper that I purchased. On my first try at chalk pastels, I did a pretty good job. But I think I can credit the, the amazing YouTube tutorial for that and not my own skill. After that, I had some real failures. It was okay, though, because igniting my creative side gave me a boost. Creativity does something for us. It helps ignite the right side of the brain and in my case has aided in the physical and emotional healing of my brain in significant ways. Something else that was life-changing for me in recovery was to discover that I love voiceover work. It was a skill that took significant effort and time to develop, and I still have more to learn. However, it has brought me great joy. I remember feeling kind of stuck in some depression one day and said a prayer. After that, I felt a prompting to use my fun and quirky side to write a demo that has made me laugh and laugh and laugh. I still laugh when I hear it. And since it's only about 30 seconds or so, I'll play it for you now. The other day, I was at my friend's house and had to take a potty break. When I came out, I said, Debbie, that was the softest toilet paper I have ever used. She said, I know, it gets me squeaky clean too. I said, girl, you're holding out on me. What kind of toilet paper is that? Her response, these days I only buy a velvety bum by Immaculate Heine. So I said, what? That's a real brand? She replied, yeah, buddy. Velvety Bum by Immaculate Heine. Amaze your guests with their clean bums. (laughs) Oh, sometimes my goofball side really comes out. And you know what? Finding that again and knowing that I'm okay and that it's all right to laugh brings me great joy and self-worth. What about you? Do you have past or undiscovered talents in the realm of creativity? I suppose that you do. Or you could even try something and it might not be... um, an amazing talent that you have, like me with chalk pastels. However, it still provides a purpose and an outlet. Do you have a talent for or would you like to explore creative writing, dance, a sport, art, or music? Perhaps sewing, decorating, creative cooking, or pursuing a career that you are passionate about. You are worth the time and financial investment. Oftentimes, we are stuck in the logical centers of our brain, and creativity provides genuine relief to the soul. As discussed in Episode 2, trauma causes physical changes to the brain. Creativity is something to explore that can aid in healing damage and creating new pathways. Dieter F. Uchtdorf of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints says this, quote, You may think you don't have talents, but that is a false assumption, for we all have talents and gifts, every one of us. 
the bounds of creativity extend far beyond the limits of a canvas or a sheet of paper and do not require a brush, a pen, or the keys of a piano. Creation means bringing into existence something that did not exist before. Colorful gardens, harmonious homes, family memories, flowing laughter. What you create doesn't have to be perfect. Close quote. Number four, meeting needs. So often women in general and some men as well give and give and give so much that we forget that we too are worthy of time and effort. I invite you to stop and consider what your body is needing. What does your body say? Are you hungry? Can you take the time to feed your body something nutritious to meet that need? Tired? Perhaps consider evaluating sleep and how that need could be met better. Perhaps try checking in with yourself to see what sounds good to your body. I do this a lot. Now when my husband says, would you like Chinese food or Mexican food? I really like to pause and say, what really does sound good to me? Oftentimes, I just need alone time. And maybe the muscles are tight, and so a hot bath might sound good. Perhaps connection. Can you be brave in times of loneliness and reach out to someone? Maybe meet a friend for lunch and meet that need for connection. Are you experiencing the feeling of flight? Perhaps feeling as if you might explode if you stay where you are? I relate with that and have been trying meditation when my body feels like that so that I can teach my body that it is safe in times of trauma. Have you ever thought that you don't know what sounds good to you? When we are better in tune with our bodies, we can honor ourselves in new and beautiful ways. Number five, developing a testimony of our bodies being a temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says in part, quote, The temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Close quote. When I can see my body as a sacred temple that houses my divine spirit, I treat it better. I spend greater effort making sure to feed it healthy things and give it the exercise and sleep that it needs. My motivation isn't a number on the scale, but a desire to treat my temple with dignity and respect. This is again something to practice and is more of a journey than something to instantly arrive at. Practicing compassion as I stumble and fall is infinitely more helpful than shaming myself. It's okay to not completely understand that our bodies are temples, as long as we're aware and can start working on the process of gaining an understanding of it. Number six is my favorite. My favorite way to learn my worth is on my knees with my Heavenly Father. I do feel His love and assurance when I ask Him how He feels about me. The more honest and vulnerable I am with my Heavenly Father about anything, but particularly regarding feelings of worth, the more tender He is towards me. I can feel it. When I know who I am to God, my confidence boosts in ways that no accomplishment could ever meet. I can go about His business even though I might be rejected by others, even some of the most precious people in my life. That doesn't mean that their rejection doesn't hurt. Of course it does. However, there is something beautiful about divine worth that gives confidence that nothing else can match. While the opinions of man can sting, the opinion of God can give me confidence and help to make up the difference. 
Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints said this, quote, Your Father in heaven knows your name and knows your circumstance. He hears your prayers. He knows your hopes and dreams, including your fears and frustrations. And he knows what you can become through faith in him. Close quote. He knows your name. He knows my name. He knows more about me than I know about myself. He sees who I was, who I am, and who I am becoming. And he sees all of that and more about you as well. I do have a meditation for this episode. However, it is only on my YouTube channel this week. So if that's a good fit for you, I invite you to check that out. I will link it in the description for this episode. I have loved having you join me today on the Betrayal Trauma SOS podcast and welcome your presence. On May 19th of 2020, I will draw a name to gift a Betrayal Trauma SOS first aid kit to and would love for it to be you. I have a confidential way that you can win it on Facebook and I will link that in the description for this episode. Next week, we will be learning about intuition. I've had so many people offer resources to study intuition, and I look forward to sharing those with you. Betrayal Trauma SOS can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and at BetrayalTraumaSOS.com. Let's heal together.